It's amazing the um, different uh, viewpoints that, we, that these guys, and I'm sure you guys, if you've been chatting about, have about what the Bible is to you. Um, I, I, I would imagine that depending on your, your upbringing or your circumstance, stage of life, that the Bible um, re- will probably relate differently to each one of us. Perhaps even some of the same stories would relate differently to each one of us. I think that's amazing. So what is it to you? Is it a manual for life? Um, I've heard that before. Is it uh, a book of wisdom? Is it perhaps maybe a bit boring? Uh, Perhaps irrelevant? I think we'd all have some pretty different answers. Um, But whatever your answer or opinion of the Bible may be, what we cannot avoid the fact is that the Bible now and historically, is an influential book. Many people, countless people, have poured over its pages for wisdom. It's inspired artists, musicians, have written songs inspired by its words and claims and thinking, um, I I googled this to think who? And the first one that came up was Kanye West with Jesus Walks. (laughs) Mumford and Sons with The Fray. Uh, Nina Simone with Cinnamon. It has shaped governments, and even as we've been seeing in the last week or so, um, monarchs have, it, it's, it shaped monarchs, and it shaped, um, we've seen it, haven't we, in the Queen's um, passing and um, her journey um, to rest in that um, we, we've seen in the services the Bible quoted many times. There is no doubt about it. The Bible is an important book. And this evening, as I said, we're kicking off this Bible series and you may have seen the book in the lobby, um, or you probably haven't, because actually we've just sold out. There are more coming in, um, just to let you know. But um, this seven-week series uh, is what we're following right across the church, from kids to youth to small groups, daily devotionals. Uh, we're all going to be looking at this series together. And this evening is really an introduction into what the Bible is. So should we just pray before we get going? Lord God, I I thank you so much um, for your word. I thank you, Father, for um, the life-giving nature of it, the the, the way in which um, we can know more about you because of what is written in its pages and how, Spirit, you speak to us through it today. And I pray this evening, as we look to your word, let it speak to us again. In Jesus' name, amen. This evening, we were going to focus on three key aspects of the Bible. The Bible as the best-selling literature, the Bible as God's story, and finally, the Bible as our human story. In preparing this, I was pretty amazed to learn um, that the Bible has sold um, more than five billion copies worldwide. Five billion copies worldwide. That's more uh, copies than the whole Harry Potter series put together, 500 million. A Tale of Two Cities, 200 million. The Hobbit, 100 million. And the Bible has, been, has even been banned in countries across the world. I think that's a pretty crazy feat for an ancient book written by 40 different authors. Wouldn't you agree? And I I mentioned the word ancient because it really is that. It is ancient. Uh, These words were written into a context and culture that that was thousands of years ago. 
And it's very different uh, to our context now. And I don't mean to say that to, to make that sound as it's irrelevant, because I think the condition of the human heart is still very much the same. And the themes of the Bible are still relevant to us today. And it's full of wise sayings, songs, prayers, historical accounts. Parts of it read like uh, historical accounts, and other parts read like stories that friends might have shared with one another around the campfire. You can imagine the early Israelites sharing stories um, from the Torah, um, trying to make sense of the world and, and God. And it can sound, it can make for pretty strange reading sometimes. Does anyone else find that? Anyone else find that actually it's quite strange to read sometimes? Quite difficult? Some parts are pretty weird. But if we let it, I believe its words will do something in us that is inexplicable. They mold us. They form us. They challenge us. They may even offend us. But they help us to draw closer to God the Father. Every morning here at Trinity, we do morning prayers from 8.30. And um, uh, we, we always read a psalm. And I actually find, um, so David, the character, who's a character in the Bible, um, I actually find him quite a difficult character to, to get my head around. To, you know, um, he is described as a man after God's own heart. And yet we read psalms where it seems like every other psalm he writes, he's, he's cursing his enemies, asking God to kill his foes. And, and it, it begs the question, is this really a man after God's own heart? You see, Scripture is sometimes not easy to reconcile to our modern sensibilities. Has anyone else found that to be the case? Hands up. Okay. It's sometimes not easy for us to, to make sense of it, given, given um, kind of our thinking now. And that's because I believe, first and foremost, the Bible is God's story. The Bible speaks of who God is. Yes, it invites us to find our place within its pages, tucked, maybe our lives, our stories tucked between its lines, but it's first and foremost God's stories. Um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was um, taking out the rubbish at home, and um, and uh, I don't know if any of you saw it, but in, in the night sky, I could see above the clouds like this flashing, like this intermittent glow. Did any of you see that? It was basically like this lightning storm that was happening in the clouds above, but I couldn't see it touching the ground. And so it almost felt like this kind of battle was happening in the heavens above me. Sorry, we've been watching too much Lord of the Rings. But, um, but um, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing, and I thought, and I, uh, Abby was, uh, you were doing something else at home, so I thought, oh, I'm just going to go out. I felt a need to be drawn closer to that. I wanted to get away from what I was doing, and I wanted to be closer to see what was going on. And so I walked, we live just up the hill, and I walked down to the front, and I tried to find a space, which is quite difficult in town, without any um, lights around, um, so that I could try and get this most... Uh, unobstructed view of this thing and I found that and I found a place to sit and I sat there and it was beautiful and it was powerful mesmerizing and really quite humbling as well and you see I think that's a lot like God he's beautiful he's, he is after all the God that sends his son to us he's powerful the God that flung stars into space 
with a word from his mouth. Mesmerizing. The God that David, we just spoken about, sung about and danced before. And humbling the same God that struck down Uzzah for even touching the Ark of the Covenant. It's a humbling thing. But just like I wanted to get closer to the display of lightning to get a better view, the Bible is the way in which we draw near to God the Father. It's the way in which we get a better view of him. Does that make sense? By going into the word, we get a better view of God. It's how we learn about him, about his character. We've just been looking um, at the God Has a Name series, learning about Yahweh. Describes who he is, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And likewise, when we first hear the name Jesus, or um, how it's actually um, pronounced, Yeshua, uh, we can understand a little bit about who who Jesus is. Um, It's the Hebrew, that's built from the Hebrew verb Yasha, which means to save, which means um, to deliver or rescue. See, Jesus' character is written in the words of his name. And the words of the Bible are important. They help reveal something about who God is. And they help us draw near to who God really is. And I don't know how, uh, whether you find this, but I find it really easy to live off second-hand knowledge. Do you find that? You know, we live in a world, don't we, of kind of instant gratification where we want to read the headline and not the, not the text. And we, and we kind of pretend to know the answer based off the headline. But actually, we don't really. It's just secondhand opinion or, or knowledge. Or, but actually, the Bible is the way in which we draw near to God the Father. It draws us near to him. And so we looked at, uh, on the end of that um, uh, reading, to that piece of scripture that we heard, there was from uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14. And um, just, we're going to look at that in a second, but the context of that Timothy is Paul is writing to Timothy to warn him of false teaching going on within the church in Ephesus. And so immediately we can understand that he's saying, uh, he's saying that the Bible, and we'll read it in a second again, but the Bible is the way in which you can test false prophets. So let's read that together. If you have a Bible with you, great. Um, If you don't, then it's either on the back of your notice sheets, but we're going to be reading from 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's focus on that first little bit. Well, it's not the first bit. Let's, let's jump into the bit where uh, verse 16, um, all scripture is God breathed. So just try this with me. Uh, this is going to be a bit difficult with a microphone, but would you just place your hand about an inch away from your mouth, just like this? Okay. How does your breath smell? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, hey, Phil. Uh, did you, uh, and say with me, with your hand over your mouth again, the Bible is God-breathed. 
Do you feel that? Why don't you do it again? Sorry, I hate it when people do it. Ask you to do stuff like that. Um, but it kind of illustrates my point in so much when God breathes, it's called his ruach. When we hear, when we hear about the, the Bible being God-breathed, what we're hearing about is the ruach of God. And in Job, we hear about ruach el, which is translated the spirit of God. It's the same word used in Genesis when the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And when God breathed into Adam's nostrils and gave life to man, the Ruach of God, it's his life-giving breath, the Spirit of God that was involved in creation. And this is the same Ruach that we can read in verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. You see, when Timothy describes the Bible as God-breathed, he's explaining that it is the life-giving breath of God, the Spirit of God to us right here and right now. And just like when you spoke and felt your own breath on your hand, God speaks through his word to us today, and we can feel the life-giving ruach of God through its pages. Does that make sense? The Spirit of God invests in our own soul when despite the challenges that we may feel of reading the Bible, we spend time in it and meditate on it and learn to apply it. You see, God's breath, his ruach, works through its pages in our hearts to convince us that it is truth. And as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 explains, it teaches us. We learn about God. We learn about his people. We learn about the relationship which God wants to have um, with us. We learn about this, the God who wants to, um, above all things, seeks his own glory. We, we learn about the same God that's, um, that will one day come back and make all things as they were meant to be. It rebukes us. I find this really hard. When I read scripture, there are some parts of me, I can feel the spirit of God tugging at me going, this is not how your life is lining up. And maybe, perhaps that's even why we find the Bible difficult to read sometimes, is because it's offensive to us. It's offensive to the parts of us that want to be in a state of rebellion against God. And therefore it corrects us. It corrects us. It challenges us and it says, no, This is the way. And it it trains us. And uh, and it trains us. The words it uses in 2 Timothy, uh, it says, um, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I'll just put that in another way. So that we can be helpful examples to those around us. The Bible is the way in which we understand God the Father, come before him, become more, a more finished creation, sanctified by reading it and applying it by the power of the Spirit, I'm going to add, um, and therefore being a helpful example into our friendship groups, into our families, into our workplaces. It all starts here. Otherwise, we're just living off second-half knowledge, which really isn't anything that we've kind of learnt, really, or applied, or, or been molded by. 
The Bible helps us to build a foundation for our own faith. Hopefully, hopefully, we're starting to see why the Bible is probably the best-selling book of all time. Um, Before, I spoke a lot about the powerful attributes of God, about his character, and I didn't speak about some of his other attributes. Um, But the the Bible also speaks of a father who desires one thing above all things, relationship with his people. And this is probably, this, my next point, is probably one of the reasons that I believe um, in God and believe the Bible most of all, um, and believe in its teachings, um, is because despite its oddities, the Bible is one cohesive story. And that's amazing to say it was written by 40 different authors over a span of centuries. It comes together and there is one cohesive story. And sure, it's punctuated by cliffhangers. What's going what's to happen? The people have rebelled again. Uh, it's punctuated by rebellion and failures and centuries of silence. But ultimately, it depicts one story of God's pursuit of us despite our rebellion, pursuit of his people. And I think it's there that we can find ourselves between the lines of Scripture. Um, Someone once asked me, how can people keep finding different things in the Bible? And I think my, my answer to him in that moment was that is because I don't think this book is anything like any other book on this planet. It relates to us differently at different points in our lives. And when we're in different circumstances, we can all relate differently, even to the same stories. It's rich, deep, mysterious, strange, uh, but it is beautiful. And it speaks to our desire for meaning and that that desire for freedom. Uh, and peace in this world and also in our own hearts. It speaks of our, our need for a Messiah. And um, this, this quote by a chap called Gregory the Great, Bishop of Rome, long time ago, have no idea when, um, but he said this, um, Scripture is like a river, broad and deep, shallow enough here for the lamb to go wading, enough for the elephant to swim. I think, you know, no matter your experience with the Bible, whether you've been following Jesus for 50 years or five minutes, the Word of God has more to give. And I think we'll always benefit from its riches. And so my encouragement and challenge to us this evening uh, is really simple. It's just this, is will we spend more time in God's Word? Will we grapple with it? Love it, apply it, even when we find it difficult and perhaps sometimes even offensive to ourselves, where we are right now. Um, I've got a, a really close friend who, uh, over the years, we've kind of um, uh, we've read the Bible together um, and we've uh, debated it and chatted about it and, and challenged each other on it and... Um, and it's been a really, I just really encourage anybody who, isn't, who, who 
who wants to grow in, in, in reading the Bible to, do, to, to not um, expect to find that easy alone, um, but perhaps try and get alongside somebody else, somebody else who's maybe a peer to you, who, who maybe you've already got a great friendship with already that you can be open with and, and to read the Bible together. Anyway, we do this, and, um, uh, and he once described the Bible like a garden. And uh, last year, we recently bought a house, and we lived in a flat before, and we didn't have a garden. We were going th- went through lockdown with a toddler without a garden, and it was really hard. Um, but we bought a house, and, um, uh, and it's got a garden, which is amazing. One of the things I didn't anticipate from, from a garden was that it took so much work to maintain. Like, it's just relentless. And I wish somebody had warned me. I would have never bought a house or a garden. No, I'm joking. Um, we love it. We spent, we, we, even this afternoon, we spent time uh, with friends just in the back garden having a barbecue. And, um, but it takes time. Um, and my friend described the Bible like a garden. And he said to me, even 30 seconds spent in the garden, picking up a leaf here, sweeping something there, uh, is time well spent. Maybe clearing some weeds here, pruning a plant, um, or sometimes uh, if I get a moment, uh, I like to just sit and enjoy the quiet stillness of the garden uh, and just, um, we're in town, but from our place, you can't really hear, I mean, you hear the odd siren, which is really, I just, anyway, um, but it's kind of just stillness and, um, and I love it. And he said, uh, even 30 seconds spent in the garden is time well spent. My challenge to me and to us is over these next few weeks, why not invest in the garden and pick up your Bible? You won't regret that time. And so just a couple of practical ways in which we can do that is you can join us in a number of ways as we do that. Um, We've got small groups going on. Some small groups are going to be running the series material as well, looking at some of the deeper questions about, well, what about science? Doesn't that contradict the claims of the Bible? Um, uh, And and so if you, I would really encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, to get into a small group, to grapple with those things together um, through the materials and videos that they have. Uh, At the end of the surface, there's going to be some, a member of the, the welcome team with an iPad tablet that will sign you up to a small group if you're not yet part of one. Um, we also will be having midweek online devotionals that you can join us on from 7.30 to 8 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. Um, that's a, there's nothing glamorous about 7.30 de- uh, Zoom devotionals. Um, but I think God often re- rewards a sacrificial uh, posture on, on, on things like this. When, we, when we, we put things aside to say, no, for that half an hour I'm going to do this, um, I, think, I think God would, uh, would have some things to say to us. So I'd encourage you, 7.30 to 8 on a Wednesday morning, you can uh, sign up to those by going through to our website, Bible Series page, and going to the Church Suite event for all of the different devotionals and signing up there. You'll then get a link. Um, but you can also, I've got written down, down here, you can also pick up one of these books, but the books are all gone. Um, so the books are on the way. John assures me we have more books on the way. You can purchase them online. But for those of you who don't know quite what the book's about, we have a video, which is just going to play, and then I'll come back and we'll just pray together. Is that okay? Amazing.
Let's pray. Lord, I pray as we spend time over the next couple of weeks and months looking at your word, uh, unpacking it, applying it, I pray, God, that it would mold us. I pray, God, let it shape us. I pray, Father, against the kind of the arrogance in me that would say, no, I don't need to be changed in that place. I pray, God, against that, and I pray, Spirit of God, that you would speak through the words, uh, the pages of the Bible, and challenge me and change me. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I thank you, Father, that you love us too much to leave us where we are. And I pray, God, that, um, that most importantly, we would grow in an understanding of who you are and a reverence um, of your incredible, incredible nature and, uh, and character. And, and I pray, God, uh, teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us. In Jesus' name, amen.